0: Ultimately, the power for someone to market themselves through what looks to be a legitimate award, but which is basically just any image of a plaque, scales of justice, stars. It works. It works. I hate to say this. I've seen the data. It works. Welcome to the award-winning podcast, Lawyer to Lawyer, with J. Craig Williams. Bringing you the latest legal news and observations with the leading experts in the legal profession. You're listening to Legal Talk Network.
1: Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. I'm Craig Williams coming to you from Southern California. I write a legal blog named May It Please the Court. I have two books out titled How to Get Sued in the Sled. Well, many of you lawyers have received an offer of an award recognizing you as the distinguished lawyer in your city or state. Perhaps you've received an email or even a message on Facebook offering an award, which might include a custom plaque or an inscribed crystal, maybe an appearance in a publication or a magazine, and all you have to do is pay the membership fees to the awarding organization. So are we looking at pay to play here? Is this a scam? What is the concern for the public? What's the application process? Should lawyers beware? Well, today on Lawyer to Lawyer, we're gonna talk about the award industry, the constraints for legal marketing, and what lawyers should do if they receive a solicitation promising an award for a price. And to do that, we have Conrad Sam. After leading the marketing efforts for AVO, Conrad founded Mockingbird, an online marketing agency focusing exclusively on legal. He's a semi-professional bridge-burning arsonist, and he enjoys publishing cease and desist letters from unscrupulous legal marketing vendors. He's the proud owner of Zippy, the first and only chicken to potentially be awarded the Lawyers of Distinction Top 10% Award, which recognizes lawyers who may have been duped into buying a $700 annual subscription to a plaque. Conrad also co-hosts the podcast Lunch Hour Legal Marketing right here on the Legal Talk Network. So welcome to our co-host here, Conrad Som. Craig, so nice to see you again. It's been a
0: very, very long time since we chatted back in the very early Avo days.
1: Back in the very Avo days, yes, very beginning of those days. And we should, for our listeners, disclose what that means. So go at it, Conrad.
0: Yeah. So I was uh, back in, this goes back to 2006. I was approached by this little startup at the time that no one had ever heard of called Avo. And I sat down with Mark Britton and talked about SEO and rating lawyers and exposing sanction information and helping consumers try and select attorneys on a, you know, by using a scale of one to 10, which at the time was really, really kind of revolutionary. And at this point in time now with the web, that it seems very almost banal, but it was a very, very different world back then. And that, that's how Craig and I originally found each other.
1: Well, and, then, and we met because uh, when Ava first got started, it listed me as having been deceased. <laughs>
0: I didn't know that. That's yeah. oh, I'm and very sorry a, to hear that. I'm, I see you've made a good recovery.
1: <laughs> I wrote a blog post about it, and because Ava was tracking it through Google Alerts, Mark found out about it, contacted me. We had a great conversation, and it turned out that I ended up coming on Ava's advisory board and picking up some stock. And I know you did well with that stock. I did. Thank you very much. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. It was you know, that
0: those early days at Avo were interesting. I spent a lot of my time talking to dead lawyers, right? Talking to angry lawyers. And I got a trial by fire into the legal industry, but really got to learn about how the legal industry was thinking about the web being rated on the web, like reviews, the fact that you could review lawyers on this this third party website was big scandal when we launched it, um, which now it's like a base level expectation. It was a really great education for me.
1: And Avo had a difficult time getting into various states.
0: Yeah, and I think I think one of the things that Avo did was in embracing the consumer, they to some extent sent a middle finger to the establishment of the legal community, as well as a lot of lawyers. And so we, <laughs> We we went well out of our way to figure out how to get what should have been easily available public information, and there was, you know, lots of technology that we used in order to get that information.
1: But I, I know the firm, the director, was not widely loved, especially by the state bars. Right. Well, let's talk about the ward industry, which is the whole purpose of our conversation today, now that we've given those disclosures and our relationship in the past. You know, let's talk about Zippy, first of all. Here we sure. have Zippy the chicken who's applied for Lawyers of Distinction. There was actually a dog also, I believe. That yep, there are Lucy, two dogs.
0: Lucy the Poodle and something else.
1: Right. So, you know, I know Avo vets its, you know, and really looks into the lawyers that it rates. And so the the lawyers, uh, and I think the general public now consider Avo to be a legitimate rating agency. But what about these ones where you just pay for it? Well, I mean, the fascinating thing for me
0: is... I I have access to tons of data. I know that these trust marks, we call them trust marks in the in the web world, where it's like oh I've got an AVO ten or a this or a that or a, you know people were making up awards when they were trying to influence their AVO rating, right? And so like like lawyers were making stuff up, and part of my job was researching all the awards that we had never seen before to see if they were actually a thing, and in many cases they weren't, and so lawyers were making up awards, and it looks like there have been lawyers who have turned that into a business and. You know, the lawyers of distinction thing was when I looked into it two years ago. And as far as I can tell, I I looked at them again this morning. It's a pretty weak vetting process, too. (laughs) The vetting process is do you have a credit card? Right. And the problem for Joe Consumer is that they really don't know the difference between lawyers of distinction, whether or not you're AV rated. Like Joe Consumer thinks of AV as like the place in, in high school where they kept the overhead projector, right? That's that's what AV means to Joe Consumer. And Ava was smart in making it a, a one to 10 scale. And we've got the five star for reviews now. So there are scales that people understand. But ultimately, the power for someone to market themselves through what looks to be a legitimate award but which is basically just any image of a plaque scales of justice uh stars uh, it works it works i hate to say this i've seen the data it works
1: there's a billboard right now here in los angeles where Larry H. Parker says he's been voted number one in personal injury. And, you know, there's, of course, a little asterisk on the billboard. I've never been able to see what the asterisk at the bottom reads because I'm not going slow enough on the freeway. How can Joe Consumer, Jane Consumer, how do they even begin to vet these rating agencies? And, you know, just because it's got the stars and the voted number one, and how do they tell? Is there – here's the question – is there an agency that rates the agencies? Just like <laughs> there is, you know, you, you can do it for uh, charities. There are certainly rating agencies for charities out there. Is there one for the agencies? Not that I'm aware of, right? There's a business um, model waiting it's an to happen. Interesting business. But I
0: think the problem is the consumer, there's just this blind faith in these ratings. And I don't think that consumer is taking that kind of second step to say, all right, is this a real is this a real rating or not,
1: right? I joke with people that ask me those questions and I say, you know what we call the person that graduated last in his class from law school? <laughs> That's right. Lawyer. That's right, yeah. And it's
0: dangerous, right? It's. I, think, I, I genuinely think it's dangerous for the consumer to be making decisions that are this informed on matters that have such a big impact on their life, but they are uninformed. And I also, frankly, I hate to say this, but I don't see that changing. Right. The AV rating has been around for a long time and no one who didn't go to law school knows what that is. I just don't see it changing.
1: Right. And, you know, should the award industry itself be regulated? Is there any kind of requirement within the states that we protect consumers from, you know, these kind of bogus, unvetted rating systems that are out there? So I've had two thoughts, and specific to Lawyers of
0: Distinction, I've had two real thoughts about this. And by the way, I'm not an attorney, so I'm, I'm the last person who should be opining on this. But the thoughts that I have had are twofold. One, it's amazing to me. So Lawyers of Distinction is owned by an attorney named Robert Baker, right, who, by the way, is not rated on Lawyers of Distinction in a fit of irony.
1: Is he rated on AVO?
0: He, well, AVO has listings of all the attorneys. He, in fact, is rated on AVO. And the reason I know he's rated on Avo is I'm looking at it. He was splendid in New York, Rhode Island and Massachusetts, and now he's in Florida, right? And it just boggles my mind that it's surprising to me that the Florida bar hasn't stepped in. Now, I I'm not the person to tell you that they should or shouldn't, but it boggles my mind that they haven't. What's his Avo rating? Uh I don't know. I'm looking at it just a screenshot of when I wrote a, wrote the kind of deep dive on it. But the other thing is that I'm I'm curious about this. I mean, this is a legal question that I really don't have the answer to. It's surprising to me that someone hasn't hired a terrible lawyer based on their top 10% Lawyers of Distinction Award, had a terrible experience, and basically like, the reason I hired this guy is because they, they won this award, but they're a terrible lawyer. And is there any accountability there, right?
1: You know, I'm not one to track these cases, but I'm pretty confident that you're scenario your hypothetical scenario has actually happened because i've been involved with some malpractice cases and a common allegation in plaintiff's cases is that you represented yourself to be you know best in the industry and then they trot out all these awards which then backfire on the attorney because you're supposedly in the top 10 percent, but here you are you know you can't even file a motion for summary judgment correctly so Those have happened, but they happen in the context of malpractice cases, and I'm sure there have been a few on some of the state bar uh, disciplinary things that probably, I wonder if there's a search mechanism that would reveal that. So I'm wondering, like I'm
0: making the assumption that attorneys all recognize these rats for what they are, but attorneys are either naive or complicit with this, right? And neither of those two things is a good thing, but I I do wonder if some of the, I actually have lost a professional friend. And I was trying to explain to her that like, listen, this is not an award that you should be proud of. And she was insistent that it was. Like she didn't get it.
1: Well, when you get these things, you know, I I know that and in fact almost the reverse question is a valid one as well because I have had clients tell me that they retained me because of my Avo rating. Right. And as we both have observed, you know, most clients couldn't tell an Avo rating from a lawyers of distinction rating unless they spend a lot of time reading and doing the research for it, which most wouldn't do. They don't. So is it, do I have any kind of concern because my client has found me on Avvo and I'm, my rating is a 10 on Avvo. Yeah. So for me, you get
0: into, you understand, and lots of lawyers disagree with Avo on this, but you understand that it's a, an assessment of someone's background. It's basically a resume score for want of something more complicated, but it's basically a resume score. It's built on something. I also think most lawyers should have some level of suspicion that a website that claims to do a background check yet yet doesn't ask you for your social security number or something with which to perform a background check. Is probably not doing the background check, right? Like there should be that level of curiosity in the legal profession um,
1: that tips people off. Well, what level of a background check can you do on an attorney as a as a consumer? Can you know at most you can go to the state bar website and see if there've been any disciplinary proceedings.
0: Well, so that, I mean, that's a fascinating piece, right? So so Google got into the business of doing background checks on attorneys, right? When they when they launched the local service ad. So they were actually doing background checks to determine whether or not that advertisement could show up, right? But you had to submit that to a third-party agency through Google. And you were literally, there's a, an agency called Pinkerton that was going back and doing background checks on attorneys. And so it's doable, but my gut tells me most lawyers know that in order to do like, an official background check on someone, you need to validate who that person is. And in order to do that, you need a social security number. And, you know, lawyers of distinction is clearly not taking that very seriously.
1: Well, does AVO have my social security number? Not that they I don't. know of.
0: They don't. But so I was really, when, when they're looking at things, they're looking at what they can glean from your resume. Like think about scouring LinkedIn and then adding a score to each of the elements that are on LinkedIn and then throwing it in some algorithm and out. it's bit something on a scale from zero to 10, right? You know, it's not a criminal background check, right? But it is a resume check, right? And then they check the, you know, the state bars for disciplinary information, right? I think the fascinating thing is the consumer has no ability to understand whether or not you're a good lawyer, Craig. They don't. Even after they've received your services, they don't know if you did a great job or you just mailed it in. Most of the time, in the same way that like it's hard to determine whether or not your knee surgeon did a great job. Right? Can you walk? Yes. Does it hurt? Yes. Was that good or bad? I don't know. Like you really don't know.
1: Yeah, there's a very difficult standard to measure because uh, the standard is very low. You know, the standard is what is the standard set in the community where you practice, and so the consumer looks at these third party
0: things, like super lawyers, AVA rating, lawyers of distinction, to make that assessment as to whether or not they're making a smart hire. And unfortunately, that assessment is is frequently, at the worst case, fraudulent, right?
1: Right. Well, I want to jump into some of these other services, but before I do, I also want to flip this question. What responsibility does the lawyer, him or herself, or their selves now, have to vet these awards in the first place so that they're not misrepresenting their skill set to the consumer. I mean, if I know that I can go get the top 10% by paying $700, do I have an ethical obligation as an attorney not to do that if I don't fall into that category? And for that matter, how would you know whether I fall? Into that category? <laughs> Every lawyer I've
0: ever met falls in the top 10%, right? <laughs> Every single one. It's the Lake Wobegon effect. You know, for me, And again, I'm not a lawyer and I'm definitely not an ethics expert. I'm a marketing guy. And
1: right, but you bumped up on this
0: question. I've bumped up into this over and over again. My opinion is that if you smell the rat, like, don't cuddle the rat. Right. And the problem becomes when no one else can tell that it's a rat. The people who really care can't tell that it's a rat. And that's where you have a problem. My inclination is there are so many other ways for you to demonstrate your expertise and awesomeness that you should not... If you find yourself that this is your last resort because you are because you can't get anything else, you can't get a positive Google review, you can't get your Ava rating up, you can't get a super lawyers, you can't get referrals because no one likes you, this is what you've got left, is to go to reviews that you know are fake. At the risk of coming across as super crass, like get a different profession
1: so don't do it at all I, I can't I can't
0: I mean if this is all you've got left, right I, I don't know I don't know and yet here's a here's a creepy thing, Craig. Five thousand lawyers are paying lawyers of distinction an annual fee for a plaque that was as easy to get for my chicken as it was for them. That's crazy like that's super problematic
1: right, and where is the state bar on this? You know, there's supposed to be some limit on advertising. I'm assuming that we would all agree that this falls under that that rubric of advertising because you are holding yourself out to the public as this, whether you are or whether you're not. It's marketing, and it's intended as such. So where does the state bar come in on this? I mean, I can tell you two
0: very different experiences that I've had. One was Avo, which by and large, the state bars hated. And they very much viewed uh, Avo as taking referral functionality away from the state bar. Frankly, if the bars had been on top of the web back in the day, Avo may not have existed or at least wouldn't have existed in the format that you saw it. And so they really pushed back on Avo. And then on this flip side, like I, we've seen nothing from Florida. I've talked to Florida bar people about lawyers of distinction. I've been interviewed. Like it's, this is not a, it's not a quiet story. It's not a sleepy story. I was very happy to publish this. It comes up for me about once a month where someone's heard of zippy the chicken, I've heard crickets about this. And so the like. do do the bars want to get in the business of evaluating whether or not these awards are real or not? I don't know. Having said that, a lot of the bar regulation stuff that I deal with from a marketing perspective is around protecting the public, right? You can't say you're the your best lawyer, but you can say you're a top 10% if someone else says it's the case, even if that was the same award that a chicken got.
1: Well, this is all subjective, you know? I mean, there's no other than potentially AVO's resume rating. um,
0: But at least there's a process, right? Super Lawyers has a process. Like, there's a thing that people are doing. Whether or not you agree with that process or not, the process can't be you filled out a form and, and gave me your credit card.
1: Right, well... Do lawyers have First Amendment rights when it comes to being able to say, you know, I'm a this or I'm a that? I mean, obviously you have to be, like I graduated from the University of Iowa with distinction. I can't say I graduated with high distinction or highest distinction. I can't say I was, you know, on the law review, I was on the moot court board. So there are things I can say and can't say because they're factually correct and not factually correct. They can be verified. But who's going to be able to verify my last 35 years of practice, or if you're a lawyer, a young one, five years, in your ability to be whether you're in the top 10 percent? you know, Beyond the AVO yardstick that's used to measure the resume, what's the yardsticks that are out there? Well, the interesting yardstick
0: that when we did research, this was a really fascinating thing. We, when Mark Britton and Ava did a great job of trying to say, what do consumers care about? And so we did a ton of research into why people would hire a lawyer. And you know the number one thing that people wanted to know?
1: Communication.
0: Uh, it was the win rate, right? How many times does this lady win? Is she a winner or does she lose? Right. And, and, and we know that the law is so much more nuanced than that. And it was just this very unhelpful thing that people wanted to know that was
1: actually really. And, and take me, for example. Yeah. I'm a defense lawyer. Yeah. So a win for me is a zero. It's not the big flashy, you know, $10 million win that Larry H. Parker might get or a plaintiff's lawyer. It's a zero because my client doesn't have liability to the plaintiff. Or in a lot of cases, as everybody knows, 95% or so of all cases settled, practically every single one of the settlements I've handled over the course of my career has been confidential. Right. It's not published in verdicts and settlements. Right. So there's no way to measure my success rate based upon my quote unquote wins because they're not measurable. There's no statistic out there where it can be measured. Yeah,
0: no, that's exactly right. And this is again why Joe Consumer can't get access to that information, right? And so Joe Consumer is looking for these different things that he or she believes is going to indicate the quality of the counsel that he is buying. And sometimes it's lawyers of distinction.
1: Right, but we all know, too, that the person that graduated first in his class may not make, or her class may not make the best litigation lawyer or contracts lawyer or whatever it is. I mean, those particular things are not directly correlated, are they?
0: No, no. And in fact, well, certainly some of the PI people that I talk to will tell me that they did terribly in law school and they're... You know, very successful as attorneys because they were they they did poorly in law school, right? It's 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 partly a personality thing,
1: right? Well, there's a belief among many people in the military that were the so-called mustangs, the ones that served first as enlisted down in the ranks, make better officers than the ones that went to the academies because they had real life experience and know what it's like in the trenches. Same true for corporations. You know, yep. the, the quintessential started out in the mailroom become president, right?
0: And this is why all kids should have a terrible summer job because you know what it's like to have a bad
1: job. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I believe as I look back on my life, you know, my first job was watering 10,000 geraniums in a, in a greenhouse. Right. I got replaced by a drip water system. <laughs> I was a janitor. That was my first round. Well, let's get back to this yeah. award thing. Like, you know, let's, is there a hard and fast line that you can give to lawyers and to consumers to evaluate these things? And should it be just as simple as, if you have to pay for it, then you shouldn't get it? I don't think so, because I think some of the awards, like the pay
0: for it piece, like just because you're paying for it doesn't mean it is an illegitimate award. There may be a high level of correlation between those two things, right? But you know, there's just because you have to pay for it, I don't think that's the case. Let me use this example. We'll move outside of legal. All of you have flipped to the back of an airline magazine and you've found a best plastic surgeon in Arizona, best plastic surgeon in Washington. And there are two elements that go into that. One is there's a very thin vetting process to make sure that that person should be there. And two, that's an advertisement, right? Those people are paying that third party to be in there.
1: Those are, as I, for the Orange County there's an Orange County magazine that publishes the same types of annual lists and they are paid advertisements. I've gotten solicitations for them. I've refused them, but um, I know lawyers that use it.
0: Yeah. And so there's a thin vetting process in those. I don't love them, but you know, it's two steps, one, a thin vetting process and two, a check. And it's usually a, a pretty big check. So I would say just because you pay for something doesn't mean that, it's necessarily illegitimate. I think that might be drawing the line too hard. Having said that, many of these are so fraudulent that only the most naive or egotistical or both attorney wouldn't recognize it for what it is. And I think if you recognize it for what it is, I don't think you should play that game.
1: So that nagging little voice in the back of your head tells you, no, listen to it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Listen, I, I mean, Instinct goes a long way, right? And if it's that nagging voice in the back of your head, do the research. Like, here's the funny thing: <laughs> whenever Lawyers of Distinction sends out their mass emails telling everyone that they've been nominated for an award, and I get these emails too, I get nominated for the Lawyers of Distinction Award, and I, you know, I've, Not I haven't an even attorney. I, I've never stepped foot in a law school. Like, you, you know, right? And what I like to see is I always know when they sent it out because our traffic on our website explodes because people are, are vetting it, right? You're doing a, a modicum of due diligence to determine what this thing is. And I've written about it. Caroline Elephant's written about it. Like, a lot of people have written about this. It's not that hard to sniff this one out. Now, are there others? Sure, right? But do a little bit of research, especially if you're gonna be spending money on it. I just, spending money on fraud for your own ego And marketing. Eh.
1: Let's talk about the ones that are legitimate. We can rattle off. uh, Would you put super lawyers in that category?
0: I mean, they all have a process, right? They they all have a.
1: If you have a process, are you legitimate? I think if so, just a credit card.
0: Let me use that example. So, a lot of these are recognition within the industry, right? Which is basically how well do you network? And yeah, I don't necessarily think that makes you a good lawyer. It means you're a good networker. It means you may be well known. It means you've been around for a while. It doesn't necessarily mean, or, or it means that you have a marketing department who is tasked with getting as many of these awards as you possibly can. And there's the, you know, the tit for tat. So that happens. The interesting thing, the review, the the directory review that is is most used by attorneys right now, and the award that's most used by attorneys right now, Google reviews. Right. And that happens actively and passively. Right. So, from a pure search perspective, the more reviews you have, the better you do in search results. But also, we know that those glowing reviews tend to turn people into, into clients. And so, that's kind of this crowdsourced review approach where you're ostensibly measuring the bedside manner of the attorney. Right. Were they attentive? Do they care about me? Were they nice? Was the front desk helpful? That has become the de facto review metric, and there are numerous problems with that as well, including bogus and fraudulent reviews. And so it's very hard for the consumer. I don't have a beautiful answer for you, Craig, where, where it's like, all right, if, if, if I was telling my brother how to select an attorney, where would you push that person on the web to find great information about how to work with someone? I don't know. And I've been doing this since 2006, right? It's it's kind of a, a, a sad answer to my career.
1: No, well, it, the whole thing is kind of a mess because it's not regulated. There's, uh, it's, it's kind of a free enterprise situation in some instances. Uh, well, Conrad, it's been a great discussion. It looks like we've just about reached the end of our program. So I want to take an opportunity here to invite you to share your final thoughts as well as your contact information. Plug your uh, podcast as well.
0: Yeah, well, nice to chat with you again. It has been far too long. And the good thing for me is my name is Conrad Somm with two A's, S-A-A-M. So I'm super, super easy to find anywhere on the web. And if you want to listen to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, uh, you, you miss me. We, we dressed up today for our recording for the Halloween episode. I was in full mummy gear. So we did we did that with Guy Sakalakis. But really, really appreciate having you have me on. And you know, the, the really, the most important directory that you can get are your ex clients, right? Who are your ex clients? Have you done an amazing job for them? Have you kept in touch with them? Would they recommend you? Right. And that is, I mean, it's as unregulated as, and as uncentralized you can get, but ultimately, I mean, I'm in the business of marketing law firms. My law firms that do best are the ones that need me the least, right? Because they do a, they're do they great lawyers. They do a great job with their clients. So it's, it's not as sufficient just to be a great lawyer. You have to be amazing with your clients as well. But if you get that and you stay in touch with people, that makes a world of difference. And those law firms do better than any others. And that is the one piece of consistency I've seen over and over and over again, even though I'm in the business of marketing lawyers to people who don't know them.
1: Right. And the number one complaint to state bars by clients is that my lawyer is not communicating with me. A hundred percent. Well, Conrad, it's been great having you on the show today. Thank you very much. My pleasure. For our listeners, if you like what you heard today, please rate us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app. You can also visit us at LegalTalkNetwork.com where you can sign up for our newsletter. And let me remind you that if you enjoyed this week's Lawyer to Lawyer with Conrad, go check out The brand new lunch hour legal marketing episode with Conrad and Yi, spotlighting the top 10 marketing horror stories. It's right here on Legal Talk Network. Listen, subscribe, and enjoy. Remember, if you like legal, think lawyer to lawyer. Thanks for listening today. I'm Craig Williams. Thanks for listening to Lawyer to
0: Lawyer, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Subscribe to
1: the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes.